Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Cassangina. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast. I've got with us today um, a guy who I've been uh, trying to uh, get on the show for some time now. Um, uh, Jason, I think you've coming on the call. I tried to catch up with you in Europe a couple of times, which, which we did, but this kind of hasn't happened until uh, basically yep. the end of the year. So um, how are you, Stephen? I'm doing great. I'm here in New York City. Oh, nice. I'm, I miss New York. Got to get back there. Um, so uh, for those who haven't uh, uh, seen Jason before... Um, Big Jason. Big Jason. Sorry, I'll get that right. Big Jason. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not overly tall myself. And when I've, when I've met you, you know, I have to sort of crane my uh, head up like that. But, uh, um, but, uh, but I end up managing. Um, but for those who aren't familiar with his work, because he's kind of, he's really in the, in the trenches behind the scenes. Um, and you've been doing this um, since 1996, which yep. is, yeah, that's 23 years, which, which is uh, quite amazing. Um, Jason, you've sent over a billion emails. We've generated almost $750 million in email revenue. And more importantly, you've split tested over 500 million emails, so, which, which yep. is amazing. I'm looking forward to hearing a lot about that. So um, when, uh, when uh, no, let me tell you, when Big Jason isn't being hired to run multi-million dollar product launches, what he's doing is he's doing high-end email marketing, consulting, copywriting and entire email funnel optimization. So um, uh, his specialty is not, not just doing what works, his specialty is finding out what works best for the highest amount of revenue possible. And you know, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Great. So um, uh, can you tell us a bit about, uh, about how you got started in there? Because it, it, was, it was quite a long time ago. You, you must have been about to, 14 years old in, uh, <laughs> in uh, 1996. <laughs> what got you on the, on, into the online scene so early? I was playing professional basketball in, in uh, down under Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I just, I don't know, I had an inkling that it wouldn't last forever. So I started playing around with HTML, SEO, and then it became the about.com guide to exercise. I was a nationally certified personal trainer. So I started writing articles. And they basically just said, you know, writing to your list is like having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. That's basically the, taught, taught us a lot about SEO and paid traffic and all that, but uh, that was it about email. And that just really made sense to me. It really clicked. And uh, I went off to the races after that. Mm. And uh, um, what's been, the, uh, well, what's been the, the thing that you've noticed um, most has changed uh, during that time you know obviously we've had a, a lot of technology come along um with regards to the internet during that time but you know email is still email it's still words uh, um yep. talking to a person so what what, what do you have you seen changed in the scene along that time um what's interesting is that it's what hasn't changed um you know i'm i use the the kiss method keep it simple Mm. Um, things that still work, but having a relationship and, you know, actually giving a shit, um, yeah. you know, rapport, uh, empathy, 
Um, the things that have changed are obviously social media. That's a big thing. Um, I'm not, I don't get into this, you know, email's dead or social media's dead or email mm. works best, social media works best. Um, I'm a, more of a cross channel. Um, I like, you know, they say, you know, you need at least seven touches to convert somebody. You know, sometimes it's yeah. true, sometimes it's not. But um, I don't really apply that to one channel um, because back in the day before the internet or before it got big, I should say, um, I actually did my first live event in Los Angeles and it was a small niche list and $15,000 in revenue that came in was through direct mail. And they actually, the person that uh, signed up for my live event brought two employees in it and generated 15,000. And she said, she's like, yeah, um, I was traveling. I wasn't uh, checking my email inbox. And then when I got back, I got this direct mail package from me. I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. I, I can't believe you're doing this event. I'm going to go. Yeah. So if I had just relied on email, that one wouldn't have done it. And I also see, um, you know, I'm big on tracking, as you alluded to. And I track email from social media. And what I find is that the direct attribution to social media, it's nowhere near email in lots of different niches that I've been into, but Google Analytics has this really cool attribution feature will actually show you past like how many touches it and social media is in a lot of those. So even though they don't go from social media directly to buy during your email promotion, there's lots of different touches. So one day they may see one of your emails, the next day they may miss your emails, but they actually might see your Facebook mm. post and might see your YouTube video. So I think mm. it all plays a big part in the whole grand scheme of things. And, you know, I really like a holistic approach. Yeah, I think that's uh, what a lot of people um, miss. At least that's the perception, you know, they, they specialize in, say, email um, and they, they forget about everything else. Um, right. uh, uh, just focusing on one thing. And it's good to focus, but, you know, um, uh, you're missing out on all, all those other paths. And, and like you say, they're there. But if you're not tracking, if you're not accounting for them, if you're not uh, building that into your marketing, um, what, what, what seems like you're saying is you're missing out on, on a, lot, a lot of the money that's out there. Yep. Yeah, so um, how do you tie, like uh, if you're writing uh, uh, email sequences um, for a campaign, um, how do you tie that? Do you have a strategy for, for tying in social media or do you have uh, different content for social media or is it the same? Um, it's it's the same a lot of times it's basically what i'm instructing the social media managers to do is basically mimic they need to be on the email list and it's easiest uh it's easiest for me to just tell them be on the list you see an email you immediately go and replicate that on the social media yeah um sometimes it's a uh, you turn it into a video script other work other times you just put in a social media image and you just basically word for word, you're putting in the email into mm. the Facebook post. So some, a lot of times it's hardly any work at all. Yeah. So you're basically sending out the email first and then they take whatever you send out and turn that into different parts. Yep. Yeah. That's cool, man. Because uh, they can just watch that. You don't need to project manage that, you know, you know they know to turn that content into, into, into social media. So it's just like an automated process. It's very good. Yeah. Repurposing. Yeah. Yeah. Repurposing. And, and most people probably don't do enough of that. You know, I'm guilty of that sometimes. 
um, yeah. different channels that are, that are out there. So, um, so that's awesome. And that, that, yeah, and that's an example of something that, you know, doesn't really require a lot of work on your part, mm. Mm. even if mm. you do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you've got the, uh, the system set up because, uh, um, uh, for parts of this year, I've had somebody on my team who I've had to have been doing social media, different contents. Um, and uh, some of, sometimes that's been sort of isolated from what I sent out to my email list. Uh, but the, the process you've just described is so simple that, uh, that that's, you know, um, I've just seen that, that I, I could have done it that way and, and it would have been a lot more effective. Sure. And uh, you can also do it the other way. And it also can make emails a lot easier to write because if you say you produce a live event and AMA, you know, asking anything. So you do it maybe 15 minute AHA, you answer a ton of questions. And then rather than just making this one long ass email, you just basically wrote like, you know, 10, 20 emails because you just focused on one question per email. And then you do the transcript of the video or audio recording and it's basically all done for you. Mm, mm, mm. And you, you take out snippets like you were saying and, and use that for different social media uh, stuff. That's really cool, man. Um, so uh, um, it would be fair to say that you're focused manual on email first? Yes. The first thing I ever do um, on a project is I get access to the reply email account. Yeah. I want to know what people are saying back to my clients list, my list, everybody's list, um, because that drives a lot of the entire promotion. Yeah. What they're actually saying. And a lot of times you can't, you can ask and get a lot of good stuff, but a lot of times the real nuggets are when people just, you know, um, naturally reply to emails and they give you feedback. Yeah, yeah, I've started to do a little bit about myself in the emails. Um, but uh, how do you uh, encourage that kind of uh, that kind of feedback uh, to? Um, because too often uh, our email broadcasts are just a one-way conversation. We're just talking at the people. But uh, um, what you're talking about is something that everyone should be doing. So how do you kind of enable that two-way conversation? Do you like specifically ask for replies to your emails? Uh, definitely. Um, I'm working with the client right now in the IBS niche and there's a lot of different controversies because it's not well known and there's a lot of uh, people in the alternative health field talking about it that really don't know the subject. So I've been mm-hmm. having her write uh, controversial topics and then just simply at the very end says, so, so what do you think? What's been your experience? Mm-hmm. Uh, reply to this email and let me know. I'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, cool. And it's the uh, the words that come from those people. That's where, um, is that where you get a lot of the copy from? Um, I think your angles and you get to pain points and all stuff like that? Big time. Um, say like when I was working with Revolution Golf, uh, I would, I'd say maybe talk about, you know, Justin Tupper's first experience on the green and tell a really emotional story about him and his dad. And then I would just follow up. It's like, uh, what can you tell me about your first experience? I'd love to hear um, how that went for you. Mm. Something like that. And you get these really long emotional um, replies and lots of really good details about, you know, the emotions that go through uh, someone's mind as they're 
approaching the greens for the first time and their experience with their father, stuff like that. So it works really well. It gives you a lot of great fodder for, you know, entire promotions in some cases, um, FAQs, uh, for your sales letters, overcoming objections, all that. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I try to do when I can is to actually, uh, uh, like the old school way of calling the, 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 uh, the, the clients, customers, on the phone and talking to them, but this is just a, a, another way of doing, getting their, getting their honest feedback. For sure. Yeah. And it's like, uh, um, uh, one, the other thing, uh, if people are wondering about encouraging this uh, more, if you're listening to this and you haven't done this before, um, uh, uh, one thing that, uh, that I think that you, you'll agree is not to incentivize people to reply back. Don't, you know, promise free stuff, uh, uh, for a reply back that, would that taint the results a lot? Uh, I think so. Um, I, I never incentivize it. Um, mm. Other than if uh, I'm saying, you know, hey, I'm doing another AMA this week and I'd love yeah. to answer your questions. So go ahead and reply back. And I like those, or my clients like those a lot because yeah. on those, you're really not um, setting up the expectation that they're going to get a personal reply. Depends on how mm. big your list is. So my client has a really big list. So yeah. I'm generating, you know, anywhere from 500 to over a thousand replies. So <laughs> uh, setting the expectation that you're going to be answering questions on a, a call or a podcast, a Facebook live, uh, that's a little easier to handle than, uh, you know, that personal reply. It's also good to set up sometimes a personal autoresponder, just letting, letting mm. them know that you received it. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, and uh, um, the uh, the other thing that I'm thinking of is for, for smaller companies, this is uh, an ideal way for them to really get to know their customers. Um, but uh, what about for bigger companies? For example, uh, a client that uh, um, that uh, uh, that we both had, which we were just I just briefly mentioned before we started recording here. Um, you know, they have had uh, um, uh, they've got a huge list, and they get a lot of customers, and the, they get a lot, a lot of replies. Um, and one, one funnel that, uh, that I wrote for them uh, was uh, uh, one of the emails is specifically asking for a reply in, in this autoresponder sequence. And uh, um, the trouble with that is that they never got around to actually addressing any of those. Uh, they probably never even acknowledged um, you know, the, those people who replied because so many of them, so many email inquiries coming in uh, all through right. the day and night. So if you've got a, a list of like 100,000 or uh, more than that, how do you manage these uh, replies when you get a lot of them? Um, as I was saying, you can do a personalized auto reply. Mm, yeah, just to acknowledge that one. Um, I know, depending on your system, sometimes it's not possible, but you wanna try and make it as personal as possible. Like I usually make it um, not from the person writing an email, but maybe the head of customer happiness as mm. Mind Valley likes to yeah, use, yeah. which I like. Um, and just something simple that yeah, you acknowledge it if it's so like with Justin Tupper, I would make it from the director of customer uh, happiness. I is some kind of golf related term I use, but um, it would basically said, you know, Justin receives hundreds of uh, emails every single day. Uh, he's out on the green, yeah. something like that, just to let him know that, you know, Justin reads all his emails, but he's not able to reply to every mm -hmm. single one, something like that. Yeah, that, that's what I was uh, um, thinking back to when you're talking just then. Uh, a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned the fact that you don't set the expectation that 
that the person who's writing back will receive a reply on that. And that's, a, I think, the mistake uh, uh, a lot of people make in that trying to start up these long conversations, which is fine if you've got an email list of a thousand people, but if you've got a million right. people, then it's impossible. Yeah, and yeah, you definitely don't want to set the expectation that they should get, they're going to get a reply. And then you just have all these people that are just like, well, um, what's the point of me replying? You're not going to reply back. Yeah, to yeah, me. yeah, because they won't, they won't reply a second time if they feel ignored. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that's a really good strategy. Um, and I know that uh, this also comes to mind. I know that you know a lot of stuff about uh, email deliverability. Um, uh, and improving, yes. um, you know, the inboxing. Uh, so I've heard that uh, having people reply to your uh, e- broadcast emails, whether it's a order of some sort of sequence or a broadcast, general broadcast, if they reply to that, that improves like uh, your deliverability, your ability to get them in your inbox rather than the spam folder. Is that is that uh, actually true? Yes, that is correct. Um, it shows them that they're engaged, you're having a one-on-one conversation, uh, it's definitely uh, gonna help your deliverability. Yeah, yeah, so it, it shows uh, Gmail and Yahoo and all that, um, that this person wants to uh, hear from you. Yep. Is that, yeah, 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 cool. Um, what, what other tips uh, do you have? Because I know this is uh, something that, uh, um, that I really want to cover with you from a personal, uh, uh, point of view, you know, selfish point of view to get you on on the call here and find out a, a few things about deliverability. Like uh, um, I'd heard that they're getting replies is one. Um, what's a, a couple of really big things that, that people can do to make sure they're getting in the inbox? Sure. Um, providing uh, specific instructions per uh, email provider like Gmail, Yahoo. So I'm not a big fan of especially when you're just starting a relationship and you give them a laundry list of, you know, 20 email providers when it's really simple to just hire someone around Fiverr or um, one of those other sites. Upwork. Upwork, Yeah. Upwork. And just say, look, I, I passed the email address to the thank you page. What I want to do is use that email address and detect if it's Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail, Outlook, AOL, Comcast, whatever, and give them specific instructions. So if someone is using a Gmail, you give them specific Gmail add to contact instructions. You can put in some screenshots. You can show them what to look for. You tell them they're from email, you're from email address, and you make it very specific. Uh, Don't make them think, especially if you have an older niche. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. Not as technical, technically savvy. So I like to do that. And then, of course, in that intro series, you want to be encouraging replies somewhere in there. But you don't want to do too much on that first email, in my opinion. Uh, my welcome emails, both for myself and for my clients, have gotten a lot more lean uh, versus. So you want to obviously on the thank you page and the welcome email, you want to set expectations. So you don't violate them, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're going to be emailing a lot, you want to just set that expectation. If you're going to be doing promotions from time to time, you want to set that expectation, expectations, but you don't want to, you know, take two email lengths of setting expectations and then say, oh, by the way, add my email address to blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, 
follow me on social media. Mm. Oh, by the way, this is what my next <laughs> thing is going to be. You want to yeah, keep it yeah. simple so that they can digest it, read it, understand it. And then maybe in the next email, you focus on different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And uh, uh, um, I've probably been guilty of that too. You know, you want to uh, set the expectations and, and tell them what to expect in that first email. Um, and uh, um, I know Digital Marker had a, a good temp- template for that, which I swiped for years. But, uh, but yeah, that, that can get a bit much. Uh, um, and uh, it's probably a good idea to really lean that out and, and focus on one thing. But I love the uh, other, other idea about the... Because uh, I didn't know that the te- te- technology could do that, where it, it, set, it checks which email provider you have and then provides customized instructions on the thank you page for, for that one. Because I didn't know we could do that. Because that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's a, uh, a game changer for a lot of things. Because it really makes it simple, like you're saying. Definitely. And uh, another thing on deliverability is people confuse uh, Gmail promotions tab with deliverability. That's not deliverability. Um, There's a lot of quote unquote experts that like to talk about that. Um, But what they don't like to talk about is just because someone's using Gmail doesn't mean they're using the Gmail app. Mm. They're using other apps and uh, integrating Gmail with there. That's number one. Number two, depending on your niche, <clears throat> again, depending on your niche, um, people actually look in the promotions folder for quote unquote promotions. So if you're sending mm-hmm. a promotion and you're like frustrated that's going to the promotions tab, maybe you, sh- you really don't have to be. Because um, I've actually been to an event where I've actually sat next to Gmail and they've told me uh, that actually trying to get promotions out of the promotions folder can actually lead to more spam. Okay. And depending on your niche, that's where people are looking for promotions. So um, I've personally increased email revenue by over a hundred percent and not even worried about the Gmail promotions folder. So Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people talk about, Oh, you know, I, I got out of the promotions folder. What they're talking about is that they personally got out of the promotions folder. What they're seeing uh, in their own email, the same for their entire list. Like there's entire courses on how (laughs) you can personally see your emails out of the promotions folder. (laughs) It does nothing for other people on your list. It's it's silly. It's like, it's like checking your Google rankings uh, on on Google over and over again. You know, your site will rise just because you you've been looking at it yourself for so long. Yeah. but for everyone else, it's, it's still on page 105. Yep. So um, I really like the dynamic add to contact list instructions um, at the mm. start of your relationship. Obviously, if you're doing a one-time offer and you're going straight to sales letter, that's a different story. But if you're just doing an um, opt-in, An opt-in, like the, a double, the add to contact list instructions yeah. right from the start is really good. Yeah, yeah, that, that's very, that's very, yeah. Uh, um, uh, something I, I definitely want to do. Let me write that down. Um, because that's something that I didn't know um, and uh, that I didn't even know you, you could do. Um, the other thing is, you know, I bought the course, which you're probably talking about, about getting out of the, the promotions folder. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's interesting and it's uh, worth a look, but uh, it's only cheap. But, uh, um, but the fir- their first uh, follow-up uh, email after I bought that course, straight in the promotions folder. 
Oh yeah, the um, people, uh, a lot of experts that have uh, sold courses like that, um, some of them, I've never received an email out of the promotions folder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So buyer beware. Mm. Um, and yeah. another thing is if you hear like, oh, you know, I did a strategy and um, to get out of the promotions folder and the next uh, promotion I ran, I, knew, I made 10% more revenue. So yeah. wait a second, you're telling me that it's a new promotion. So don't you think that maybe it was a more relevant promotion <laughs> or, yeah. you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm certified with Mech Labs with data science. So that stuff doesn't even phase me. It's mm. just silly to say, oh, well, the 10% increases to the, because uh, I got the Gmail promotion folder. No, there's actually a lot of different reasons why. Yeah, different offer, different copy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. But, uh, but it's, it's really good to hear that, uh, that different take on, on the promotions folder. Because as, a, as, a, as an email list owner, you know, it's something that, that you worry about. If my, my emails are going to promotions, and no one's going to see it. But but you're right because I check my promotions folder, and I'm checking it for promotions. So right. um, I know a, cer a certain type of email is going to go in there, and uh, and uh, I know I know where to find it. Yep. Yeah. The the basics are still true. You don't want to put uh, a lot, if anything, in all caps. You want to mm. you know not use ex ton of exclamation points. You don't want to put free in all caps of obviously. Um, you can still use the word free, but you don't want to use free like 10 times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, if you're in the make money online biz op niche, you, you belong in the promotions folder. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you're promoting the stuff. Yeah, right. yeah. That's fair enough too. Um, but I know that, uh, that you're about a lot more than just deliverability, and this is what we were talking about, you know, um, uh, uh, sort of uh, towards the start of this call, um, which, is, which is really cool. But, uh, um, so what kind of thing, um, what's, what's one, uh, what's the number one thing that a, that a person needs to know if they're just starting out? They're building up an email list, they're spending some money on traffic, and they're doing some social media posting. What's the number one thing people need to know to actually build up a good relationship with that list and then start to monetize it at some point? If they, assuming they have offers and a, and a solid business and everything. Sure. Uh, share more of their personal story, um, you know, and how it relates to why they're on the list. Um, you know, empathy, uh, sharing very emotional stories, you know, being vulnerable. Um, and, you know, Mike Morgan likes to say this. I, I like it. Um, he says, you need to be broadcasting from their favorite radio station, you know, WIFM. What's yeah. in it for me? Yeah. Um, and uh, Justin Goff recently talked, talked about this in his group. And uh, I agree. He talked about, you know, starting strong from the start of your emails. And uh, George Lucas actually just talked about this. Well, he didn't act just now, but it was an old video of him and Hayden Christensen uh, talking about why he started, um, you know, with in the middle of the Star Wars uh, saga. Yeah. And he's like, I don't like all this exposition stuff. I want to start with the, you know, the good stuff. Yeah. And... Um, but he said, I, you still have to know the exposition. You're just not going to 
tell the reader about it all at once at the beginning. You can get to the good stuff first, but you really got to know the exposition before you start with the good stuff. So he, he, he had the first three movies in his mind. He had mm -hmm. this story fleshed out, but then he started off with the good stuff at mm -hmm. the beginning. And I find that a lot of people, especially beginners, they copy the quote unquote experts, the gurus who have yeah. a built-in relationship, built-in authority, who maybe sometimes can get away with, you know, just vomiting over on the email mm -hmm. and, you know, yada, 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 before they actually get into why the hell they should be reading the email. And they blindly follow that. But um, I put it this way. I was like, even raving fans, even raving fans of these gurus or experts, they still have to go to the bathroom. They're still hungry. They still have kids to take care of. They still got things to do. So you really want to focus your emails, especially at the beginning on what's in it for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Justin Goff before, you know, his emails are uh, a really good example of, of uh, uh, that personal uh, vulnerable type of story. You know, he's talked about, uh, um, you know, uh, issues with the pets and his home life and, and his, and his, uh, and his, his upbringing and everything like that. So, yep. uh, great example of that. Um, so, uh, uh, I know that oh. people go on, go on with me. Oh, one more tip related to that is, uh, along with the promotions tab, people are drunk on the engaged, non-engaged, and I see them go, there's, they're going to an extreme, like there's a lot of lists that I actually like being on the list, but you know, as you know, you know, I, me and my wife traveled for almost five months this summer yeah. and I'm traveling in New York city now. Sometimes I don't check my email, like some email lists, like I don't check my emails for five days and they stop emailing me. Why? Because some experts said, oh, you shouldn't email your unengaged <laughs> people. And they're putting these really restrict, strict uh, regulations on their list where they just stop emailing people and you're just leaving money on the table. I see this with clients too, especially when you're about to do an email promotion. And I say, okay, email, take this email and email it to the engaged customers, the engaged prospects. And then I want you to also email the unengaged customers and the unengaged prospects. And they ignore the unengaged. Like, oh, I don't want to hurt deliverability. It's like, mm. dude, we're about to do a promotion. This is amazing content. We're trying to re-engage them. People are stopping trying to re-engage these unengaged subscribers when it could be traveling. It could be not the right time in the life cycle. And there's, they're leaving all this money on the table. Like I've spoken to John Carlton who I've worked with on his email. And he tells me that it's not out of the ordinary for people to lay dormant two to three years. And then all of a sudden they'll buy thousands of dollars worth of his products mm. and services. So yeah, you shouldn't be slamming unengaged people like who haven't clicked, which is more accurate than opened. Okay. Uh, you know, what, you know, they haven't clicked in over 90 days. Yeah. You shouldn't be emailing every single day and slamming them with every single promotion. Yeah. But you don't want to just be ignoring them, especially if they have, you know, just five days. You got to yeah, give them yeah. a little more time. That's a lot of money on the table. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you went into that because that's something that, that I've often wondered about. 
different different companies like uh, you mentioned Mind Valley, who we've both worked with before. You know, they have certain processes uh, around, and it's very strict as well. You know, you, if you go past a certain cutoff date, you know, you haven't uh, opened or clicked, then you're you're dropped into some bucket, which is probably not emailed and just forgotten about. Um, uh, but uh, um, but yeah, I'm the same. You know, I've got uh, folders in my inbox where I'm getting emails from people, and, uh, um, and sometimes I'm saving up the odd one. Uh, not all of them, but you know, I'll come back to that uh, much later on. Um, and yeah, um, I'm, I'm liable to buy buy something big from them later on down the track, even if I haven't opened their emails for a year. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's really interesting, and that's a really valuable point too. So I appreciate you sharing that. Man. Sure. Um, so, but I know you've got a lot more stuff that, that you teach on this stuff. Um, I know you're a working writer as well like me, but to, uh, you teach a lot of this stuff as well to your people. So um, how do people find out more about, uh, about uh, you and, and start learning from you? Yeah, they can go to uh, beminsiders.com, beminsiders.com. It's a monthly coaching group where I do uh, critiques, daily trainings, um, give them uh, templates and swipes to use, answer tons of questions every day. Yeah, beminsiders.com? Yep. Yeah, yeah, cool. So um, if you're listening on, on iTunes, I will throw the link to that up on uh, geniusesofcopywriting.com uh, or you just go to beminsiders.com uh, and go straight there and, and uh, go straight to the horse's mouth. But, uh, but I strongly uh, encourage anybody to do that because we're talking to a guy here who worked with people like John Carlton, Caleb O'Dowd and Mind Valley and, and clients like that. Some of the biggest uh, emailers around. And uh, I read out your stats um, at the, the start of this call and, and they're, they're, uh, um, you know, several orders of magnitude more impressive than 99% of the uh, so-called experts out there. So. Um, uh, Jason, you're a genius of copywriting. I'd strongly recommend that uh, that people should uh, go to your site and find out more about you. So, um, I want to thank you for coming on the call today. Uh, what you shared has been uh, really insightful, really valuable for me too. Um, so, uh, I really appreciate that, and we'll definitely have to do this again someday. Definitely. Thanks for having me. All right. Us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.